I'd like you to open your Bible to 3 John chapter 1 verse 2. Uh, it's only got one chapter in it, so it's really just 3 John verse 2. But if you don't put chapter 1 in, the Bible package won't find it. It says, Beloved, I pray that you might prosper in all things and be in health just as your soul prospers. You know, we've heard Pastor Phil this morning talking about some of the things and the going forward as a church and I've seen the dreams and the plans, the, the, the plan to rise and build 2008, 2009. I, I want to say to you this morning that, you know, regardless of what other people might say about prosperity and there's, there's a lot of negative stuff set out there in the church about prospering, I want to say to you this morning, that will not become a reality unless you prosper. And that's why, see, John doesn't mess about. He's not, he's not troubled by any of this religious nonsense. He just comes out and says, brethren, brothers and sisters, I pray for you that in all, in what? All things. In all things you might prosper and be in health. And this is really what I want to speak to you just for a few minutes this morning. It says just, or in the same way, as much as your soul is prospering. This morning I want to talk to you for about, for about 10, 15 minutes on the power of a prospering soul. Because the reality is that prosperity from on the outside comes from prosperity on the inside. In fact, if you, if you look at the Bible in Proverbs 4.23, it says, Keep your heart with all diligence for out of it. Say with me, out of it. For out of it springs the issues of life. What you are on the outside is a reflection of what you are on the inside. And I'm sure all of you have seen people who have been bright and bubbly and, and effective on the outside get some injury on the inside, their soul. And all of a sudden they're brought into a small place and you watch over a period of time. What what they are on the outside becomes a reflection of who they are on the inside. And you can literally watch someone change. In the same way, you watch someone who was downcast, who's depressed, maybe angry, maybe violent, has a change on the inside. Their lives are released by the power of the name of Jesus Christ. All of a sudden, they start to change their inside. And that begins to work its way out. They begin to live out their faith, as the Bible speaks. It always moves from the inside to the outside. And so John says, I'm praying for you, brethren, that you might prosper in the same way as you prosper on the inside. So let's look at the soul this morning just quickly. What is the soul? What does it mean when we talk about our soul? Our soul's made up of three parts. Our mind, our reasoning, that place of, that place of decision, that place of thinking, that place of determining. It's made up of our will, that place where we set our course for our life. We determine what we want to do. And you might say, broken people have a problem with their will. Let me tell you, broken people do not have a problem with their will. Broken people sometimes are the most willful people I've ever met. I once had a girl sit in my office, broken, broken life, just tragically, money problems, all this kind of stuff. And... Uh, and I, and I said to her, you've got to start to reign in your spending. And she got mad, man. She got mad at me. And she looked and she started doing the poking thing. And she said, surely I've got the right to get my hair cut. Surely I've got the right to go and get, get colour put in. 70 bucks a go. 
I said, sweetie, you've got the right to do nothing if you don't have the cash. But see, her will was not broken, it was strong. And then, then lastly, the emotions, that emotional area, which is, can be good or bad. We've met people who are good emotionally, but we know people who are bad emotionally. Sometimes they're the same people. You know, sometimes we're good emotionally, other times we're not so flash. But here's what I think. The mind informs the will, and the will inspires or releases our emotions. So who we are is a result of what we think. What we think affects our will. See, I will not do that. See, whenever, whenever we make an inner vow, I'm never going to be like that. It's because we've, we've established a mindset. You know, we've seen something. We've in, our mind's been informed by some negative response of someone. And we say to ourselves, I'm never going to be like that. Set our will. And that, will, that, that setting of our will begins to shrink our emotions and affect our emotions. So I want to talk about three things this morning in this matter. And the first one is a renewed mind. You see, if we're going to have a prospering soul, these three areas need to be addressed. And so what are the areas that need to be addressed in our mind? Well, the Bible says that we need to have our minds renewed. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed. I love this. Be transformed. How do we get transformed? How are we transformed from an unprosperous life to a prosperous life? Well, we need to have our soul prospering. And how do we get our soul prospering from an unprofitable soul to a profitable soul? Well, we need to have it transformed. Okay? Great. We want to get our, our souls transformed. How do we start getting our souls transformed? Well, we do it by renewing our mind. Renewing what we think about. That you may prove what is good and acceptable and perfect will of God. The first place is to have our minds renewed. You know, we are what we think. Proverbs says, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. You know, if you sit down with someone who is ha- having an unprofitable life, for a few minutes, and my wife hates it when I drink, but the more I talk and the faster I talk, the drier I get. I think it's got to do with just flapping my, my lips open and closed in the breeze, and it drives me up. But if you sit down with somebody who's, who's having an unprofitable life, in, are in an unprofitable season, and you begin to talk to them, pretty soon you'll find out that they have some very unprofitable thinking up here. You know, we know, we know someone really close and um, their thinking was, I'm a loser. I'm a loser. You know, and uh, whenever you'd try and sit down and talk to them, they'd, the tears would come, I'm a loser, I'm a loser. And I, I began to sit down and say, listen, you're not a loser. You know, you're created in God's image. You have a destiny. This is a Christian person. I said, you, you know that. She said, but, but there's this and this. And, you know, I'm not reliable. Yeah, you're not reliable, but you're not a loser. You're a person with a destiny that's got a, a reliability problem. So you see, it's not the whole package that's bent. But see, in her thinking, it was the whole package. And so she needs to have her mind renewed according to the Word of God. Yes. See, we need to think right about God. I love, I love this morning, you reading those Psalms out, about the majesty of God. See, we need to have our mind renewed about who God is. We need to have our mind renewed about who Jesus Christ is. See, I've got a conviction. 
I'm convinced that every problem we have in church flows from, listen, Pastor Phil, it flows from a misunderstanding of who Jesus is. Every problem. See, the Bible says that that God has made him both Lord and Christ, this Jesus whom you persecuted. Peter said that on the day of Pentecost. That God has made him both Lord and Christ. In other words, the master and the saviour, this Jesus whom you persecuted. And I'm convinced that every time we get into trouble, we always get into trouble because we're not seeing him as Lord and Christ. We're living out, we're, we're fleshing out, we're bringing from the inside to the outside a wrong perception of who Jesus is. And it, and it outworks in an unprofitable life. Yeah, yeah. It outworks in an unprofitable life. The second thing that, uh, that I wanted to say, and it's just, it just went into my mind and I saw the water bottle come then. <laughs> and when the water bottle came, you know, it's a bit like I had a Homer Simpson moment. And I went, oh, water. You know, and whatever else was in my mind is gone now. I need to have my mind renewed by the washing of water. With the word. Thank you, Jesus. What time do I finish, Phil? Okay, we're good. A mind renewed. And so we need to think, have our minds renewed about who God is. We need to have our minds renewed about who we are. You know, who we are. Who I am in Christ. I'm seated with Christ in heavenly realms. I am the workmanship of God. Andrew, do you know that? You're the workmanship of God. Now, he fashioned you. I, I never would have thought it when you came on that mission trip. But look at you now. See, it came from the inside out. And he fashioned you. We need to think right about who we are if we're going to have a profitable life. Again, every person that I meet who is having an unprofitable life has unprofitable thoughts about themselves. Unprofitable thoughts about God, unprofitable thoughts about themselves. See, they think think that God doesn't love them. And they think that they're worthless. So we need to think right about ourselves. We need to think right about God. And thirdly, I believe we need to think right about the church. We need to think about one another. You know, sometimes we can be quite harsh with one another and, and, and just dump on one another. But if we, if we thought about who we are, you know, um, I'm sure, Pastor Phil, if, if uh, somebody in the congregation started dumping on Jilly, what would you do? You'd be... The, the dumping would be followed by a thumping, right? Okay? Because... Because it's your daughter, it's your child, she's the one. You held her as a baby. You know, and, and, and guys, you're going to experience this. In just a few months, you are going to hold a little child and you are going to look down into that, that little child's face and something's going to happen to you on the inside. You are going to know how much your parents loved you. So you don't know that yet. You kind of have a knowledge that they love you by the things that they did. But when you see that child and when you, you feel that love, you're going to know. See, it'll all come together for you at that time. But, but you know that if, if somebody dumped on, on Jilly, Pastor Phil would get the gang together and they'd be round to sort out the dumper, you know, and see, but what makes us think? What makes us think that we can dump on one of God's kids exactly. and get away with it? 
You see, we've got to think right about one another. So the first thing we do is we get a mind renewed. The second thing is we need a will submitted. We need a will submitted. James says, Submit yourselves then to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Jesus, who was our perfect example in the Garden of Gethsemane, he was going through it. He was doing it tough. You know, you find out what your will's like when you're going through some stuff. You know, it's easy to have a submitted will when everything's cruisy. God, I love you. This is fantastic. Love your kingdom. Love your works. Love it. It's all good. Until it starts to get all bad, then it's like, God, where are you? You know, before you loved his kingdom, but now, where are you? Uh, No, I'm not doing that. No, I I don't feel like tithing. No, I don't feel like praying. You know, I'm, I'm setting my will according to the circumstances. But Jesus said, going a little farther, he, he, he fell to his face to the ground and prayed, Father, you've got to hear this. You know, he, he, was not, he was not a happy sacrifice. He was a willing sacrifice. See, he did not go skipping and dancing to the cross, but he went willingly. You know, for the joy set before him, he endured the pain. He despised the shame. He went through it all, not happy, but willing. And he said, yet, Lord, not as my... Folks, there's some things that we will have to go through, not happy, but willing. Not happy, but willing. God, I'm doing this for your kingdom. I know it's you. I know you're leading me into this. God, this is tough. But I set my face like flint to come through this. Because the Bible says that those who have set themselves on a pilgrimage to head after the kingdom of heaven, they might walk through the valley of weeping, the valley of Baca, but as they pass through it, willing, not necessarily happy, it says they will turn around and see the place where they've come has been turned into a spring. And fruitfulness has come out of a difficult situation. And that's the power of a will that's submitted. You know, again, like I said earlier, the amount of times I've come up against people who are not prospering on the inside and not prospering on the outside, but when you try to get them to move in the right direction, you find that their feet are dug straight into the ground and they are resisting you. And they they may have emotions that are weak. They might have a mindset that is weak, but they have a will that is powerful. Going in the wrong direction. And if we want to be prospering on the outside and prospering on the inside, we cannot afford to have a will that's not submitted to, to, to God and His work. You know, a submitted will will become the basis of a prospering soul. And then lastly, we need to have emotions that are controlled. We need emotions that are controlled. You see, one of the things that is a problem in church life, this is my opinion, is people get confused with this thing and they say, we need to get rid of emotions out of church. But how can we get rid of emotions? It's our personality. It's who we are. It's the, see, see, emotions are the painting that God painted us to be so that people would look at it and go, wow. Otherwise, the church would be in black and white. See, emotions are the color of our life. But the problem comes when the emotions are the ruler of our life, when the emotions are the theme of our life. You know, you want to be able to see the theme of the painting, not just the color. 
It looks like some, it looks like some of those guys when they just throw the color up against the, the canvas and all you've got is color, but there's no theme, there's no structure, there's, there's nothing happening. That painting's not taking you anywhere. It's not informing you of anything. It's just color. It's, it's an experience, but you go away with, with, with nothing substantial. But when that color, when those emotions are hung upon an informed mind and, and a submitted will, they become powerful. See, see, love is a powerful emotion. Fear is a powerful emotion. Fear keeps us from doing dumb stuff, right? See, we don't want to be controlled by fear, but fear is good. You know, I, I learned as a small child to fear funnel web spiders. I, I am still not particularly enamored with funnel web spiders. And uh, in fact, we had to dig some out of a friend's pool the other day, and um, I pretty much let him dig them out. You know, he, he got them in the net and flicked them over and said, can you hit that with a brick? I said, you bet I can. That fear is good. You know, that fear stopped me as a two-year-old going and playing in the garden at my grandmother's place where all the funnel webs lived. And, uh, you know, fear is good, but it's not good if it's in control. And see, our emotions are good, but they're not good if they're in control. When we should be doing something and all of a sudden a wave of fear comes up that's got nothing to do with going in a wrong place but has to do with our thinking, what if this goes wrong? And that thinking is based on a poor understanding of who God is. See, God doesn't lead us into what if this goes wrong. God is the God that's able to work all things together for good. Those that love him according to his purposes. And I know the amount of times that we fail to step out because of what if this goes wrong. See, we could, we could do the opposite. What if this goes right? What if this is a success? See, I'd like to think that in the church, that would be our default position. What if this, what if this wins? What if this goes great? What if 100 are saved, brother, at youth next week? What, what if? Well, they won't be next week because it's not on. Good Friday service. That'd be, yeah. See, see, let's make that our default, our default setting. What if this goes right? What if we win? You know, and the other, the other switch is, you know, what if it doesn't work? That that one only comes into play when we're tempted to do something stupid. That's not God. You know, we get a check in our spirit. Man, this this could be this could be problems. It couldn't work. The power of a prospering soul. Emotions. Haven't you met people whose emotions just take them out of the game? You know, they, they, there's fear. There's all kinds of different things. Jealousies. Jealousy is such a wicked thing. Messes with our heads. You know, messes with who we are. Messes, messes with the way we perceive people. Messes with the way we receive communication from people in terms of what their opinions are or what their true motives and agendas are. You know, ever found yourself in a situation where you thought somebody hated you only to find they didn't really care about you much at all? <laughs> you know, you thought they despised you, but in fact they hadn't noticed you. <laughs> so you've misread out of jealousy or, or, or some other emotion. Rejection's another one, you know. Living in these strongholds. I find it interesting, and I'm going to close with this. 2 Corinthians chapter 10 is one of my favorite passages. Paul says, 2 Corinthians chapter 10, 4 and 5, where he says, The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty to the pulling down of strongholds. Mighty 
to the pulling down of strongholds. Then he goes on to describe what those strongholds are. Have, you, have not you ever found it fascinating that those strongholds are thoughts? Those strongholds are perceptions. In fact, all of those strongholds are not physical things. They're internal things. They're things that sit in here or wherever our mind is. Some people actually don't believe that our mind is in our head. That's just our brain. Our mind is, is, is some other thing that's, I don't know, metaphysical. That's probably way beyond my capabilities this morning. Certainly beyond my time. But it says the weapons of our warfare are mighty to pull down these strongholds of our inner being, these, these mindsets that are out of control, these will that unsubmitted, and these emotions that are running wild, if we can have the band. See, these emotions that are running wild, that, that at any time they can flare up and take us out of the game. At any time when God's about to move, these emotions, jealousy, envy, anger, Rejection. These things flare up inside us because they're running wild. They're out of control. And the Bible says that if we want to have a prospering soul and we want to prosper on the outside in the same way as we prosper on the inside, we must have our mind renewed by what the Word says about God, what the Word says about us, what the Word says about the church, what the Word says about the family, what the Word says about our life, what the Word says about giving, what the Word says about faithfulness, what the Word says. And then we bring our will into submission to God. God, not my will, but yours be done. And I say that. See, we can say that. Jesus said, Father, not my will, but yours be done, because he understood that the Father's will for him was only good. See, if you don't understand that, it's difficult to say, God, not my will, but yours be done. But if you understand that God's will, God says, I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. Jeremiah 29, 11. A plan to do you good and not to harm you. A plan for a future and a hope. If you know that's God's will, you can say, God, not my will, but yours be done. Because it's going to be good. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We give ourselves to the Spirit of God. See, I love the way in the last, when we get to the emotions, it says the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. That's a product of the Spirit. You might be here today saying, Steve, my soul is out of control. My soul is not prospering. There's just some steps that you need to take. The first step is if you don't know Jesus Christ this morning, it's not surprising that your soul is not prospering. Because you were made to be in fellowship with Him. You were made to be connected with Him. And if that connection's not there, if you don't know that God's... See, you can't know God loves you unless you're connected with Christ. That's the only way we can know that. You were made to be an object of God's love. You were made so that God could enjoy you forever. And if you don't know that, if you've never had your sins forgiven... If you've never received the salvation that comes with the name of Jesus, then your soul can never really truly prosper. There'll always be an emptiness. There'll always be a a, a, a loneliness. Or even with wealth, there will come cynicism and hardness. And then there's the Spirit of God that Jesus gives us to work in us. The Bible says as we, all with unveiled faces, and we can all stand this morning, 
as we begin to sing this song, but as we with unveiled faces, as we with nothing between us and God, no barriers, no hindrances, we look up into the face of God in worship. The Bible says that we are transformed into that same image we are worshiping. In other words, our soul starts to come into line with God's will, God's plan, who God is, and we begin to look like Him. And we have a prospering song.